Hey, welcome to eCrime Bites, where I research the court documents and roast the criminals so you don't have to. All right, so this bonus episode, this is Path the Bat and Dr. Alario Updates. Now, for some of you, you've seen those episodes that we put together and you may know all about these cases. Other, you may come into this and you say, what episodes are these? I'm going to try to give you a little bit of a tour. And if you haven't heard them in a while, this will probably refresh your memory on some of these cases. So the first case that I'm going to bring to you was Pat the Bat. And that was season one, episode three, Violence as a Service with Pat the Bat. And Seth and I, in this case, we brought to you different types of technology. We talked about Discord chat servers. We talked about phone GPS. We talked about cloud accounts. And all that, those technical topics were associated with some violent acts. And that was because the criminal in that case, a young man named Patrick McGovern Allen, used Discord chat services to talk to his friends about these crimes. He had his phone on, which had GPS. And then he also uploaded videos of his crimes to these cloud accounts, which also I think had GPS associated with it. So basically all those technologies that I just told you about tied together to help paint the picture that Pat the Bat was behind some violent crimes. I'm gonna explain to you here in a second. The victims were a couple of families in Pennsylvania. So both of these crimes happened in Pennsylvania. Now, this case was really interesting because it was uh, the first case that we talked about where the virtual world crossed over into the physical world. Because in December 18th of 2021 at 12.28 a.m., there was a house fire at Abington, Pennsylvania. And when officers got there, they found outside this house fire, there was a bottle of Mad Dog 2020, which is one of the shittier drinks that you could have. I mean, I remember having Mad Dog 2020 when I was like really young in like college where you can't afford alcohol and you just drank whatever you could get. And I can remember Mad Dog 2020 being in whatever that cheap pile of alcohol you could afford in college was. It was really bad. It's like this really weird fruit drink. All right. So in the bottle has some kind of flammable liquid, probably more palatable than Mad Dog 2020 that caught on fire and it caught the side of the house on fire. Homeowners said that they were home at the time. They heard a crash. They smelled smoke. Um, they heard some voices before that smoke fire. People came out, they put the fire out. You can imagine this family is probably all terrorized. I don't know what you would do at that point. They decided, I think to go to bed because at 3.30 a.m., the house reignited and they were still home. And they were like, holy shit. And they had to put their house out again. And this, you know, caused more damage to their home. So when I'm talking about these crimes that Pat the Bat committed, they had real significance in people's lives. You know, even if somebody didn't get hurt, it destroyed their home. That's Absolutely horrible. These victims were also previously swatted. So swatting was the process of calling in law enforcement, emergency services. A lot of times they think there's someone suicidal there or they're holding somebody at gunpoint or there's a major fire or something bad. 
that would cause law enforcement to show up. So some time goes by, January 2nd of 2022, around 2 a.m. at a different house in Westchester, Pennsylvania, there's a shooting and it's, there's a person that shoots into the bay window, okay? They shoot in the bay window of this house and luckily nobody was down there, nobody got hurt, but there were seven spent shell casing out front and the homeowners, obviously, they feared for their lives. You know, if someone shot into your house at two in the morning, I'm sure anybody would fear for their lives at that point. Okay, so those two incidents happened. There was the firebombing and there was the shooting. A little later on, some videos start to appear and they start to circulate on Discord and Telegram. And in, well, I'm gonna explain one video to you and then I'm gonna show you the other video. Now, the reason why is, the shooting video, when I put it on YouTube, YouTube goes nuts and makes everything adult content only. Even though I say fucking this, fucking that, but it doesn't matter. YouTube is okay with that, but it is not okay with the Pat the Bat shooting video into the bay window. So I'm not going to put it in this video so that way it doesn't get flagged as adult content. So I'm going to explain it to you. This one is a white male in a dark Air Jordan hoodie. He's wearing a hat and dark semi-rimless glasses, and he's holding a black Smith & Wesson, and he starts shooting in the front bay window, and he starts screaming, Justin Active was here. And the homeowner believes that a female staying at the house at the time was the intended target. The second video of the firebombing pops up out there. This one, there's two suspects in it. They both appear to be white. One of them used a black and red lighter to light a light it's like a blue cloth coming out of what looked like a mad dog 2020 bottle and when he lights it he throws it tries to throw it through the window and you're gonna i'm gonna show you this video he doesn't <laughs> it hits the side and it goes everywhere and they look like complete fucking idiots and i'm terribly sorry for the victims in this case it sucks that their house caught on fire but these guys look like absolute buffoons at it but he still wants to call himself pat the bat so I'm going to splice that video in now for you so you can check it out. You can light it, light it, light it. You can light it, light it, fucking light it. Pick it up. All right, welcome back. So you can see they sound like complete idiots. Fucking light it, fucking light it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's better if you see it, right? Now, one other thing that Pat the Bat did is somewhere along the line, he actually crashed his car into someone's house. So I put that picture here for you of Pat the Bat's car in through someone's door. And this is courtesy of the press of Atlantic City. There's not a lot of information about why this happened, but Pat was involved with this too. So a little more background before I tell you what happened. Pat the Bat had an indictment. There were three counts on it. There was, you know, he traveled interstate commerce with intent to harass and intimidate. There was a second count of using fire to commit stalking. And there was a third count of travel interstate commerce with the intent to harass and intimidate. So basically it was those two instances that was count one and three. And then the fire was count two. So they were able to hit him with three counts on two instances. He played guilty to all three accounts and it didn't say why but he just chose to plead guilty to all three counts on february 9th of 2023 
And we last left you with, hey, sentencing is coming up and we will leave you with an update as soon as we get one. Well, here we are. It is time. It is now time for the update of Pat the Bat. I got the sentencing documents that came out on October 17th of 2023. And they said, Pat, what you did was pretty heinous, buddy. 13 years, four months. And I was like, holy shit. It had to be, it had to be the violent part of this case that had to be the reason why it was over 10 years because with a lot of these electronic crime cases we don't see them go over 10 years you know we see we saw a few but not a lot and i think it was 13 years four months in this one because he could have killed somebody in both cases and it was violent in both cases it wasn't just stealing bitcoin which is bad enough but at least a person isn't maimed or killed in that instance now his supervised release is going to be for three years and he is going to be required to be in a mental health program for evaluation and or treatment and he must abide by the rules of any such program until they satisfactorily discharge him so he can't even leave and be okay they they've got to be a giving him a thumbs up when he leaves for them to be okay with it. Crazy, right? Yeah, I was pretty surprised on that one. So let me switch gears for you real quick to season one, episode 14. This is a doctor sells out with Dr. Alario. And I'm going to put a picture of Dr. Alario on your screen. And this, I actually heard from somebody that was in as his, I think one of his patients, uh, they left a comment on one of the YouTube videos that we had for Dr. Alario that basically said, ah, I told you, I knew it, I knew it, you could see it, you could see it going through his waiting room, it was weird, and I thought it was incredibly interesting, so if that is your thing, go check out some of the comments on there, because I was pretty surprised to hear that. But anyways, Dr. Alario. So this is a picture of Dr. Alario, and this is his find a top doc profile that is out there, and yeah, I must have captured it before people really knew about him because he still has four out of five stars, um, 113 votes, giving him those four out of five stars, which is surprising. It must be all the people getting free drugs because Dr. Alario pretty much would give people free drugs. And that wasn't the end of the crime, though. What would happen is Dr. Alario would prescribe drugs that weren't needed to his patients in such a way that the drugs had to be made by a special type of pharmacy called a compounding pharmacy. So you can imagine like a compounding pharmacy might take your, oh, let's say your Viagra and mix it with your cholesterol medication. And I'm not a doctor. I don't, I mean, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know if those two can go together or not, but imagine if they could, and there might be a, compounding pharmacy out there that says, hey, we can mix those two chemicals for you and give you one pill with both. So when you take your boner pills in the morning, your cholesterol is also taken care of. This, that's what a compounding pharmacy does in general. Knowing this, the doctor would prescribe certain prescriptions to his, his patients that would go to these compounding pharmacies and get these twists on whatever medications that he would prescribe. And they didn't say what they were, and they didn't say it was Viagra. I just made that up. But it was something that had to be made. Now, 
Dr. Ilaria was getting kickback from these compounding pharmacies through these medical sales representatives. One in particular's name was Keith Ritson. Now again, Keith, no relation to this Keith, but Keith Ritson was a medical sales representative, was not a doctor. And there were a point in time where Dr. Ilaria was sending his patients directly to Keith Ritson and getting prescriptions. And there was just a whole bunch of just shysty, shysty shit going on in the background. So the doctor was allowing Keith Ritson to go through his medical files to identify patients that would be the most, the best target for their schemes. He would allow him into his, Dr. Alari would allow Keith Ritson into his office after hours. And he would allow him just to walk around like he's staff. You know, he didn't need an escort or anything. He could just go around and do things like any other doctor in the office would, which is really weird if you've ever been in a doctor's office. I've never seen a sales rep just walking around doing doctor type of things. And if I did, I'd be really alarmed. And th But that's what happened in this case. Now, in this case, also, Dr. Elario and Keith Ritson, they never told the patients what Keith Ritson's role was as a sales representative. They just pretended all everything was normal and they prescribed these prescriptions. And at some point, it changed from patients that probably didn't know that they were being prescribed it in an awful way to patients that knew they were being prescribed in an awful way. So you had some city workers, you had some firemen and some police officers that were in on this scheme as well. And I think they were getting some kickback as well. And there was, you know, like indictments and so forth for that whole group of people as well. And we were just talking about Dr. Alario in this case, because there's just an update on Dr. Alario alone. Now, back in September 9th, of 2020, there was an indictment for Keith Ritson and Dr. Alario, and there were, geez, there were 16 counts on here. There were, I'm just going to read some of them to you. I'm not going to read all of them. There's conspiracy to commit healthcare fraud. There's actual healthcare fraud. There's wire fraud. There's false statement relating to healthcare matters. There's Conspiracy to wrongfully obtain and disclose individually identifiable health information. There is conspiracy to commit money laundering. There is money laundering. So you can imagine there is a lot that Dr. Alario and Keith Ritson are both facing. And on October 2nd of 2022, Dr. Alario, he pled guilty. He pled guilty to one count of conspiring to wrongfully disclose individually identifiable health info. And his max sentence was one year and financial penalties. That was what he was facing, his max sentence. And I thought then I was like, holy shit, the, the wake of destruction that this guy left because he was the medical doctor allowing these prescriptions to happen. And the fact that he was allowed to only plead guilty to one count out of 16 and that one count was only a max of one year prison seemed so so lenient in my opinion july 7th 2023 his sentencing rolled around motherfucker got one year of probation 300 hours of community service and a nine thousand five hundred dollar fine what the fuck for all that he did in this case he only has a year of probation, which is, come on, 
probation. All he has to do is keep his nose clean, basically. And then 300 hours of community service, which as a doctor is probably pretty easy for him to do. He could just do some medical stuff. And then a, what, about a $10,000 fine, which as a doctor, he probably could afford pretty easily. So, in my opinion, pretty, pretty lenient sentence for all the just mayhem that he caused and the amount, the millions of dollars that changed hands because of this guy allowing prescriptions to be prescribed that shouldn't have been. So that was it. You had one case that was 13 years and four months, which I was like, God damn right. And then you had another case that was one year of probation when I went, what the fuck is that? So yeah, sometimes sentencing is a surprise in one, one, one way or the other. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed a recap of both of these cases. I plan to bring you crazy cases like this in the future. So I hope you come back and see us on our next case, which is going to be season two, episode 18. This is sim swapping and Bitcoin theft with Jordan Prasad. So it's been a while since we've done some sim swapping and I picked out a case that was pretty interesting and had a little bit of a different spin on his background than the other cases. So I put it together and now it's episode 18. I hope you'll come back and you'll join me on it. So before you go, if you, whatever application that you're on, if you like, subscribe, follow, thumbs up. And if you haven't been to our website, please go there. It's ecrimebytes.com. And bytes is spelled the computer way, B-Y, as in yellow milk, T-E-S.com. And I hope to see you there. And I hope to see you come back on the next episode, Sim Swapping and Bitcoin Theft with Jordan Prasad. Thanks. Thanks.